0: Hello, welcome to another episode of I Love Rock and Roll. I'm your host, Ken Krantz. Chip's not here; he's on vacation. But I have uh, sitting in as co-host one of my good friends, the best host in New York comedy today. Uh, Give it up for James Matter. I say give it up, but there's nobody here like listening. Ming, clap head for fucking blowing up. I just went in. I just went into comedy host mode and like started bringing up a comic.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the weirdest thing. It becomes what you do in life. Hey, look who's here! It's Uncle Floyd. No one gives a fuck about Uncle Floyd. They just he's late for Thanksgiving. Shut up. Bring the bottle of bourbon. Let's go. But yeah, fucking I, Floyd. At
2: least he's at least
1: Floyd's got the bourbon, huh? <laughs> I mean, if he remembers, he might be too drunk, Robbie,
0: to bring the goddamn bottle.
2: That is that is a problem with Floyd, but once he gets going, he's he's on fire. He's always got a good joke. At, but I already know the joke.
0: So. Our our guest today is uh, Ravi Drums, an Emmy nominated DJ, drummer, uh, actor. I saw you were in you had a part in The Matrix Reloaded, uh, next to Lawrence Fishburne, right? I did. I, I it's a don't blink, but uh, at least I was in there.
2: It was great. It was that scene in um, Zion when he goes, "Zion, we are not afraid," and then he points to me <laughs> and I start the party. So I don't know if I was really acting, but you know, I did the thing. So you, <laughs> you... Ollie, oh my God! Hey, say hi to Ollie. Ollie's famous now. Oh, what's up, oh, Ollie? Ollie? Okay, good-looking Go.
1: dog, huh? Good-looking hey. dog. Hypoallergenic too. <laughs> oh, you're winning, you, you, man! You're getting dealt nothing but aces, baby.
0: <laughs> so, Ravi, you, um, we, uh, full disclosure: we started recording this, and uh, the connection was terrible. So, we're we're restarting, and and this is going to be a bit of an abridged episode. But Ravi, you, um, your dad came over here from India. Uh, when, and, uh, with $8 in his pocket and no shoes on his, or no real shoes, Indian sandals on his feet. And, uh, you grow up in Poughkeepsie and I was,
2: I was born in Poughkeepsie. I lived Mm -hmm. there until I was like uh, upstate New York. What was it? Oh my God. I forgot the name of where we lived. Tuxedo park, Tuxedo junction.
0: Do you know that? That, Yeah. That does sound familiar.
2: Gosh, I forgot the name of um, Sterling forest. Maybe. It's all right. Maybe that was the neighborhood or something. I don't even remember. <laughs> I wouldn't, I tuxedo wouldn't know.
1: Junction. I've gotten a lot of suits there, Robbie. I'm going to be quite honest. <laughs> I've, I've been a, I have been a groomsman. I know it doesn't look like I make the cut, but I have. And I've been to a lot of tuxedo junctions, my friend. They're, they're all over the country.
2: <laughs> That's what <laughs> right, I've never up, right. heard of.
1: I've never had I, to
2: go to a forest wedding or function, but one day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I think it's because maybe I'm hoping I gotta get a tux because maybe I get invited. and Maybe they don't do this anything virtually, so maybe I get to go. Maybe that's where this tuxedo connection's happening. Could be. So I mean, you could still rent the tuxedo. They'll send it to you. You could
1: wear it on these podcasts and zooms, and you'll feel like you've gone somewhere. No, look, I just have a degree from UNLV. I'm not that smart, Robbie. I'm fucking trying. <laughs>
2: that's what I love about you. Hold on, let me plug this in. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Mm -hmm. you
1: know all right i'm back it's a hell of a wednesday baby
0: one hell of a wednesday it is so ravi when when did you uh so you're you're a drummer you're you're also a dj when when did do you remember the first band that I read in an interview, Kiss was big for you uh growing up. Do you remember the first band or the moment that that made you realize this is what you want to do?
2: Oh man. Yeah. You know what? It was crazy. I, my first memory was I was three and a half years old and we were at a Kmart. I think maybe there was a tuxedo junction there. We're at a Kmart <laughs> and my mom would just leave me in front of the drum set. So it was this blue, Maybe it's called first act, and there was this one sterling steel drum set, and she would just leave me there for forty-five minutes, and I would stare up at these drum sets. And she'd go shopping through Kmart. This is when, this is before there was like pedo- they didn't have pedophilia and kidnapping and guns. Nothing. They had nothing back then. It was good time, good old America. So you could leave your kid at Kmart, just right. looking at at the toys for forty-five minutes while you shop. Come get them, and I'd be that kid kicking and screaming. I need the drum set. You know, they'd spank me running out. I'd knock half the stuff off. It was straight out of a a bad Disney movie. Uh, And uh, so I remember that. It was like my first memory. And then, you know, Kiss Records came out. And I was at my friend's baseball sleepover or whatever, like after the last game or his birthday party. And he had all these Kiss Records. And I looked at Rock and Roll Over and Kiss Destroyer. And I'm like, who are these Mythical god-like creatures I was like, oh my god I couldn't believe it, and then they played Detroit Rock City We all acted like we were in Kiss And then that was it
0: Wait, J- was it. James, did you just point To a copy of Kiss Destroyer On your wall? I
2: have Destroyer on my wall, dog
0: <laughs> Right. Well, oh, you do,
2: right there <laughs> Come on, That's baby Do <laughs> man, do you
0: Detroit love Rock me City.
2: Let's go, go goddammit Let's fucking get it out Detroit Rock City was it, man. That was just like mind blowing. And Love Gun, the cover of Love Gun, was the most rock and roll rock star cover ever. All the chicks like half like Paul Stanley out, half naked, and they're just standing there like, gods.
0: <laughs> did you did you come from a musical family, or was this like? Do people? No. Did, does your family understand where any of this came from?
2: No, they they're like you are an idiot. <laughs> Cut your hair. You could do something good. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. It was terrible, Dim. You know, like, here's this nice Indian family trying to live in the suburbs of Florida later on. When I was 12, I finally got my first drum set. But, um, and I'm sitting there playing, like, Sabbath and Ozzy and, you know, all these metal tunes with all the dudes because everybody wanted to be Randy Rhodes and everybody was only good enough to play the simple chords of of uh, Sabbath. Mm-hmm. which is still incredible just because it's simple doesn't make it as you're older you realize how great it is to make something simple and make it great
0: it's, it's and, those uh, simple bands that i think especially when you're a kid it's the simple bands that that resonate you know like the like the beatles early stuff or kiss or the ramones it, it's the simple stuff that makes you think oh maybe i can do this
2: acdc you know, I mean, they're the pinnacle of, of simplicity, but they got, they've just, my God, man, just hitting a groove like the Back in Black record. Can you ever imagine? Sheesh. I mean, that's just beyond, like, that groove of that record. That must have, it must have been incredible to be in the control room.
0: Yeah. And they
2: were recording that, you know?
0: So I read, so you're in a couple, you're in a couple bands. You bounced around from a couple bands. At, at what point do you make the transition from a drummer in a band to solo dj
2: oh uh, so i got to la right and the first audition i went to, well was it no i i got to la and i was making a video for heart dynamics these electronic drum pads and i met uh it was great because it introduced me to a lot of big la drummers robin Dimaggio. Uh, matt storm from guns and roses mm-hmm. who's using the pads we became and i became really good friends with all these guys steve perkins from jane's addiction yeah and who else jonathan mover but uh yeah we became really good friends with these guys and then they kind of took me under their wings especially steve perkins and DiMaggio. and actually matt matt's been awesome matt's been a good friend forever um a great friend uh but so one night i was at this porno for pyros thing where um where uh, perkins was you know i brought him the pads and was showing him and then we went out to this club afterwards and not with them but with this other guy a real good friend of mine named fez if you know if you've ever been to a concert in la you know fez anyway we go to this place called the opium den and um And they wouldn't even let us in. We're out at the curb, we're stuck out there. And I'm like, yo, I'm Robbie Drums. No, I wasn't even Robbie Drums, I was just Robbie. And uh, they're like, dude, nobody knows, nobody cares. Look at your stupid haircut. I just came here from Florida. Everything was off, (laughs) clothes, hair, you know what I mean, dude? I looked like full of Rico Suave with the the full Florida, like everything was not working. Like it it was some small time league trying to swing in the majors. And uh, they wouldn't let us in. They wouldn't listen. Finally, they let us in after a while. I couldn't believe I had to wait outside because I was, you know, big fish, small thing, uh, small pond in Florida and Tampa at that time. And <clears throat> I go in, everybody I could ever want to work for or work with was there. Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, wow. every banging hot chick, you know, from Pam Anderson to every chick on TV to, you know, Tommy Lee was there. I mean, everybody was there. I'm like, this is where I need to be. Justin Timberlake and uh, even uh, Backstreet Boys were there. Like everybody was there. Brittany was The whole bit, right? And I was like, I need to get in front of all of these people so then I can get a gig with one of them and then everything's going to work out. So I find a guy, Brent Bolthouse, that runs it. He was on the Hills and all kinds of TV shows. And he was like the biggest promoter. And I didn't even know what a promoter was at that time. So... I go find them, you know, at the end of that, I'm like, hey, you need to have me play here. He's like, why do I need you? (laughs) I'm like, because I just got here from Miami, I play drums with DJs, and I'm gonna make everyone dance more, which is gonna make them buy more alcohol. So you're gonna sell more drinks, you'll make more money because I'm here doing it. It'll generate more energy. He's like, okay, I don't know. I said, look, I'll give you like a thousand dollar guarantee that your alcohol sales will boost. I don't know by how much, but they'll boost. I had like $42. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I got to lie this shit into reality, son. Um, the pressure was on, so I went and met with some of the DJs. I had all this promo stuff, and, and they brought me in, and then I started playing with DJs there and then. like at an opium den on Thursday nights, I mm-hmm. believe it was. And then everybody, it just kind of took off and off and off, and I just kept getting better, better gigs. And finally, I got ordained. I became a made man. Hugh Hefner personally hired me to do the events at the Playboy Mansion. And then, then that was like, I'm a made man in the uh, L.A. party scene. If you would, yeah,
1: yeah, that's getting your button in the mafia. <laughs>
2: that's
1: the titty mafia, dog. Am I right? Come on, Boop, too soon, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's... Did you yeah, did you was... when when Hugh Hefner hires you? Do Do you call your dad up and and say hey? You came here with eight bucks and no shoes. Like, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the fucking sacrifice. Look at what your hard oh work. That is the American dream.
2: I am the American dream. Look at this, I'm an Indian guy with the mohawk and this big ass drum set. Jesus Christ, I'm living the dream over here.
0: So, and then, so we have, James, we have, uh, Ravi and I have a very good mutual friend. Uh, this girl, yeah. Lori Baker, she's the one that introduced us. She, she texted me and told me you actually married a Playboy model.
2: No, I met my wife at the mansion. Oh, you
0: met your oh. wife at the mansion, okay.
2: Yeah, the kids don't know that.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully they quiet Hopefully they you don't you listen. Do. No,
2: no. I was, okay. No, I'm, just a, I'm just a boring, old, annoying asshole that pays the bills at this house. <laughs> Trust me. Is I'm it... like, come on, I'm cool. No, nah, I'm not cool. It don't matter. You're never cool to your kids.
0: I would throw I feel like I'd throw that in my wife's face if I met like the, if she asked me to throw out the trash or something I'd be like, I fucking met you at the Playboy mansion get <laughs> off my back Hold on man I got to put a do not disturb on my phone dude. my
2: my wife keeps texting everyone's texting I'm like everybody leave me alone Yeah she's, she's probably done, so
0: you Don't tell that story yeah, about me at the Playboy She's fucking like nice. don't don't tell the mansion story
2: you just
1: yeah. said you're a made man, and now you're uh, you're, you're you're breaking Omerta over here, buddy. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> do not disturb, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, how do I do that?
0: So, so Ravi, at some point, you you go from playing drums with DJs. Yep. To you, if I have this correctly, you invented this entire new style where you began. DJing, like remixing and drumming live together. Yeah,
2: it's it's crazy. So uh, I, what I did was I was playing with DJs, right? And we had this crazy night uh, every Sunday night at the foundation of the House of Blues. And it was epic. But we would have to train these DJs how to play with the drummer. I, I brought in another drummer, saxophone. And there's a way, there's an art to DJing. There's art to playing with the DJ, and There's art to DJing when you have musicians, right? right. You got to let it go and give them the break so they can play on top of it. And it was furious and it was on fire. It was amazing. The energy was just incredible, but we'd always have to train these DJs. I'm like, dude, fuck it. I'll do it. And then I said, you know what? You got to pay two people now. Just pay me time and a half. I'm out ahead. I get exactly what I want and we roll. Yeah. And you know, so that's kind of how it evolved. And then my friend Matt McCahill, um, he had this place and he was like, man, uh, why don't you just do the whole thing? And I said, OK, cool. I said, I can, but I don't have I'm lacking this one piece of gear. So he had the venue buy me this little uh, DJ controller. And then that was it. I just started doing it. And it grew and grew and grew into this concoction right here. Mm-hmm. Crazy as that. Man, it
1: looks like a transformer, bro. I feel like it's gonna go fight Megatron any minute now. It kicked Megatron's ass last night. Go, Megatron's soft, bro. I was pro Star Screen.
2: Man, Megatron's soft with mental issues and shit. Man, it's going on a Megatron's going on a journey. Yeah, he's got a long journey ahead of him. So <laughs> long, long journey of sadness.
0: Now, NASA helped design your drum set, correct? So, so the screen, if you can see it, it's a transparent touch controller. Mm-hmm.
2: So what happened was I was on another thing I had to lie into reality. I guess it's a parallel. It's a story that keeps happening in my life. I'm on a flight to Brazil and I watch Minority Report and I was going to be musical director for Paula Abdul's new show called Live to Dance on CBS. Mm-hmm. And we just had the production meeting and we have uh, oh my God, God, Mark. He was Pink Floyd's production designer Mm -hmm. he did everything for the wall and everything guy can do anything from ray farm and you know he's been breaking ground and doing the most incredible stuff you've ever seen your your entire life right and he's the stage manager and he's like designing the set and doing everything and i i watched minority report we just had the meeting a couple days before i called paula i i text her on when i land i said paula We need to create a minority report screen as it's a pod a side stage. And you know, we can cheat it in and just make it look real. And it'll be the most like, you know, incredible looking thing that TV's ever seen. And I'll act like I'm DJing on it and it'll be incredible part of the show. She's like, I love it. This is great. So then I get to Brazil, first time in Brazil. She's texting me, blowing me up all in the morning. I'm like, man. What I'm like, she's like, call me, call me, come. me. I'm like, it's like eight bucks a minute to call. I'm not calling. And uh, she's like, I'll pay for the call. I'm like, God, I just wanna go look at some big booty women on the beach, drink some beer, be all like, get my Brazilian going. And she's like, she calls me and she's like, this a couple of days later, they love it. I'm like, who loves what? Because the president of CBS loves it. I go, loves what? Because they love the screen. I said, oh, great. I said, but that's just an idea I had. She goes, well, no, no. You told me you made the screen, like Minority Report. I, said, I didn't say that. I said, we should make one. She, no, you told me. I, I said, I did not take this. I said, we should get this done. You showed me a picture. I'm like, it was Tom Cruise in the picture? You know, like, like, yeah, on. <laughs> <laughs> and know uh, And she's like, well, Robbie. And she never curses. You're gonna effing get fired from the best gig that you never got in. The whole wow. she's gonna know. You gotta get this together. I'm like, I'm just trying to go to the beach and have a beer in Brazil. <laughs> I don't wanna deal. Oh, damn, it took me a hundred years to finally get here. First, you know, first morning. I'm just like, God damn. So uh needless to say, I lied it into reality, and there it is.
0: Amazing. So how does I
2: thought that... last the scientists that, that developed uh, touch uh, technology and touch screens and this? I mean it's it's a crazy, crazy, crazy story.
0: And then you're you're able to tell your Indian parents that you're working with NASA, right? Like in a way that's gotta impress them.
2: They're like, see, I knew you could do something good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're
2: not complete idiot. Can you change your hair?
0: And your 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 drum set's wild. If, if you're listening, go on YouTube and and look at Ravi drums uh, in action. Because your drum set's got LED lights. It, it looks like every time you hit it, there's an explosion of light and color. It's it's really it's a really cool visual experience. Um, how how quickly did other DJs start copying what you do?
2: Oh man, tons. Like there's. There's a bunch of drummers. They all have like similar clear rigs and they're using cowbells in the center and Tom's here and timbales to the left. A lot of people copied that. And I guess that's the greatest form of compliment, but you know, I remember at one point I tried to unionize them all. I'm like, guys, if we band together, we could push the rate up and I, I could organize this. And I couldn't get them all together. And everyone was like,
0: it's it's, you know. it's tough unionizing uh, any kind of artist. Comics have tried it a few times and it's just, you're dealing with. with Everyone's so
2: desperate.
0: You, you know, Scabs like by be... nature. I hate yeah. to
1: break it to you. And I'm a member of a couple of other unions, but we're scab by nature. It's yes. Just,
2: yeah, we oh, great. are. Like,
1: that's awesome, how'd you get that? Because I'm gonna take it from yeah. you. It's a lot of that shit. So oh, unionize sp- that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Especially when you're young and hungry and you're like, I'll literally do this for free.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I was the one that had the gigs
0: yeah. I had enough gigs for everybody And I could
2: have risen the rate I could have floated the boat a little higher and, then, and no, then They want to it.
1: take all of them from you And then give to who they wanted, baby, it's always that It's like trying to unionize supervillains It's just not going to happen You think the Joker, <laughs> Magneto, are going to be in cahoots They can't agree to work for the same company
2: Am I right? Yeah, you're right Unionizing a bunch of supervillain bongo players this Is a whole other fucking thing it's fucking Yeah, nice. you
1: put them all together That's a hell of a band
2: a big-ass bongle band of angry people not working
0: (laughs) who are who are your favorite drummers I mean there are so
2: many but like obviously Neil Peart you Mm. know from Rush I mean my god his just the greatest master of all time John Bonham you know the king of kings if you will yeah Stuart Copeland from the police I love him I gotta say right now hands down the baddest living drummer on any band in any band, it's gotta be two of them, two guys Taylor Hawkins with the Foo Fighters just de-fucking-stroys God, he just when you ever watch the Foo Fighters he plays so lyrically he almost plays like halfway between like Bonham and Neil Peart Mm because he's just so lyrically and punctuated he's just so musical it's unbelievable, like he's got to be the best rock and roll drummer on the planet. He has to be number one. I mean, I can't even imagine, you know, and obviously Dave Grohl, pure fucking fire, but you know, Dave's more Dave, right. He's evolved past being a drummer. And then it's gotta be Chad Smith from the peppers. He's just such a powerhouse. Yeah. You know, and the, I love those dudes. They're great dudes. You, They're fucking crazy. And fun. You
0: open. Lori sent me a picture. You open for the Foo Fighters. Lori sent me a picture of you standing in between Grohl and Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Talk about it. Yeah, gig. I was going to
0: say how intimidating is that? And the thing is, I was thinking about it on the way over here. There's now, it's been almost 30 years since, since Kurt died. So there's almost two generations that don't even know Dave Grohl's a drummer. And,
2: wow. Well, I mean, Dave does enough on the drums that people still see it, but, you know, I guess they see him more as a guitar they player. They see him as a, a front
0: man now. Yeah. And I saw, I saw him with, um, when he went on that Queen, when he did that Queens of the Stone Age album, I saw them, yeah. I saw them at, um, oh God, a Bowery ballroom in the city. Oh you my know? God. Yeah. Which is only like fits what, like a thousand or 1500 people. And as amazing a front man as Dave, Uh, Josh Hami is, you you couldn't take your eyes off Dave Grohl. And it was like you felt like you were seeing something that you might not see again, you know, for, for a long time.
2: Yeah, no, he's just, he's got that special superpower, man. And he's just the coolest, funniest, funnest, most he's exactly who he is. You know, I've only hung out with him a few times, but dude, like every time you hang out with him, you just feel like you had the best time of your life,
0: you know? Mm-hmm. Have you ever got to hang out with him? <laughs> no, we, we haven't gotten him on this show yet. God, I, I know, was... we're, we're
1: meeting for Cappuccino tonight at the Cafe Regio <laughs> on McDougal,
0: about 1235.
1: I'm, I'm picking up the tab. I'm a sporty dude. I'm a sporty spice, if you will. And then uh, we're going to go hang out with Brian May. And, uh, Perfect. We're going to go get some Funko Pops together. Me, Brian May, and Dave Grohl. Make sure you go to Joe's Pizza
2: at the end, you know.
1: For sure. We're going to get a Funko Pop of a slice of Joe's Pizza. That's how that hard we are. Yeah, we do it. Yeah. Boom. boom. See, years the second city. I fucking finally used it, everybody. I just <laughs> a lot of yes and, baby. improv.
2: Yes! Bomb time, goddammit. <laughs>
1: No, but I'll say this. I'm going to steal. Uh, you say drummers steal from you with the pirate, with the LED light. Yo, I'll do it as a comic. I hit a punchline, fucking lights. I'm just oh, going to do that. Fuck. I want to be the kiss of comedy. Fuck. There it is. Comedy, Yo, where are you from? Jersey. Blup, blup, blup. All that shit goes on. <laughs> yeah, I
2: totally.
1: want that. I want the riff to Sweet Leaf in between jokes is my segue. Let's
2: go, man. I'm going full nine. You should, man. Do the whole bit.
1: I'm
0: so you get, you get a
2: a pedal, a sample pedal, and just stick that way you can step on shit in between. <laughs> MIDI to the system. I got this. I got you. What do
1: you do for a living? Oh, really? And then I do a punchline back into it. I mean it's utterly ridiculous. And someone's gonna steal this idea now. This this fucking bad
2: ad lib. It's the best. <laughs> You're gonna go to the Poughkeepsie and there's gonna be a guy shredding on this whole idea. It's gonna be amazing. He's going to be great. He, he'll be the next Gallagher. Oh, we've been looking for the next one for a while. I'll tell you that. Didn't,
0: didn't Gallagher's brother steal his act? No, I Did think
2: Gallagher licensed it to him. That's right. Yeah, but then, but then he,
0: it was like just until he was feeling better and then he wouldn't give it back. And then there's, there's like a battle of Gallagher's, or at least there was at one point. They were like fighting each other in court and shit. Can you
2: imagine going to their house at Thanksgiving? They bring sledgehammers and, and watermelons. Like, the mom's like, "Both of you,
1: to your rooms." So, if your last name's Gallagher and you like have a brother that you can't go into show business, you're going to end up hating each other. It's the it, Oasis, yeah. the goddamn watermelons, it's doomed. <laughs> Tell me one that gets along. Tell me one. Let's go. Yeah. We'll oh, Doom.
2: Yeah. yeah. What, what about what about the guys from the Black uh, Black Crows? They hate each other oh,
0: every There's so few bands with brothers that don't hate each other. And it's too bad because the Black Crows were one of the best live rock and roll bands of all time.
2: I know, and they're like a blues band, right? So they should have been like cooler because they're playing the blues, right? There ain't no cool yeah.
1: with that, baby. No, nope. They fight on stage. Yeah,
2: The
0: Kinks, you would think the, the guys Kinks? who sang Lola would yeah. hug each other. Yeah, Come Dancing. They, yeah, they yeah. fucking come hate dancing. each other.
1: Ray Davies. <laughs> Financed Dave Davies' birthday party, showed up only to roast
0: him yes. and ruin it. And yeah, left. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. smashed his. I fact. read that smashed his face in the cake. Yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> that's love. Everybody. So it, was, it was it was like Jeff Ross gone bad. Yeah, buddy. It's <laughs> even. I think siblings in rock, unless you're like Hanson, just it doesn't it doesn't work. Heart so even heart even cake. heart hate each other. This the sisters. Do
2: those two. No, they don't. There that was hurts. a
0: there was a big thing in Rolling Stone where one of one of them, one of their boyfriends beat up the other one's son and they didn't speak for years. They would go out on tour in separate buses and not speak and then just come out and do the show and then go back to their separate well,
2: buses. Well, I mean, dude, if your husband, a grown man beat up your nephew, I mean, <laughs>
0: Good yeah,
2: I mean that's a shitty uncle. I've had some shitty uncles,
1: but let's be honest. That's the that's the Jordan in '96 of shitty uncles. That is it's the 1927
0: kid. Yankees of shitty uncles. Yeah, yeah, that is Ruth and Gehrig back to back of, that's, that's of a shitty Ruth uncles.
1: Looking yeah. out to say Stadium. Oh my Take God, marona Jeez. me. Jeez, oh my God. That's brutal. That's the Joe's Pizza of, of bad of bad uncles. God bless
2: Joe's Pizza.
0: <laughs> so Ravi, what are what are you up to with uh Rick Allen now? I know that you're you oh have some gosh, new. Oh my gosh,
2: man. Talk about the coolest guy on the planet, Rick. Jeez. He's gotta be the nicest guy in rock and roll. And his pocket is so incredible. Cause like he came here and he played right here. And then I'm like, oh shit. That sounds expensive. <laughs> I'm like, there it is. I get it now. No wonder your band made a billion dollars, you know? Jeez. Okay, I get it. Um, so we're doing R and R. It's Rick and Ravi. Uh we're ripping uh, it's great. We're kind of we're ripping off the Rolls Royce logo. It's gonna be kind of cool with the logo. But um uh, we're doing live drum DJ EDM trap festival, festival trap rock mm-hmm. remixes. You know, so it's kind of specific. So it's it's kind of aggressive and hard and fun, you know, all at the same time. So we'll go from like a Tiesto tune into Def Leppard. Or we'll go from Cardi B into a rock tune or something. And it's really fun. It's all over the place. But it's, it's just a blast, man. He's such the coolest guy on the planet. We did a show in Florida just last Saturday, the week before. And, man, you know, he was busy. I was busy. So we got to Florida and I got a studio down there. Man, we like spent like 8 hours a day really just honing the set in and getting it dialed in and
0: you know, he was just he was all about it, man. It was really really cool. Yeah. That's I I I always thought like growing up in the 80s, I didn't love a lot of the music like as as I was living through it. I I was more into like the classic rock, like David Bowie and the Stones. But I always thought Def Leopard, like after that dude lost his arm, the fact that they kept him in the band and figured out how to make it work, I always thought they were one of the coolest bands. Like I didn't, I didn't love the music. I appreciate it now more, like more now as, as in my forties than I did as a kid. But I always thought that band was so cool that that they stuck by him and kept him.
2: I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, he was a prodigy. You got to remember, he was fifteen when they asked him to go be in Def Leppard, I think it's 17. He was a multi-platinum millionaire.
0: Oh, wow. You know,
2: (laughs) like, like I'm telling you, he was telling me a story. He's got the best stories. Um, He was telling me a story like ginger Baker or uh, was like looking at his drum set before they were playing the hammer Smithsonian or some like Royal Albert Hall. And he's 17. And I'm like, Ginger Baker's looking at your drum set, and he comes back saying and says hi to you. And you're going to play Royal, Out, one of the like the most legendary, you know, venues on yeah. the planet, right? Where every god of music has ever performed. Like, if I was 17 and like one of those songs would have came on, I would have been speeding up and off to the races. I would have ruined the whole show. They would have had to fire me. Like in five seconds, they'd be like, yeah. "Dude, guy got too excited." It's been, been like me and sex so yeah, I, shot, to shot, I was just
0: gonna say shot is load
2: <laughs> you know what i mean i totally would have i would have got fired in like nine seconds but he was like so good such a great musician that you know he could hold that together at that young age it's mind-blowing to me like now you see all these whiz kids you know what i mean because they have youtube and they have all this information and they have all this stuff and they have all these uh, assets that they can learn from at right at their fingertips. But that didn't exist back, back yeah. then.
0: He you was know, just figuring, he just was literally like, inventing how to how to make it work.
2: Yeah, learning how to play. There was this, that, and just, you know, and he, man, he, he's a tremendous, tremendous player. But he plays, and you're like, oh, okay, God, that just sounds famous. You know, like, he, he like plays so good. You know? Yeah. Like, th- there's no... Whenever he plays, it sounds like a record. You know? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, I get it. Wow, shit. Okay, cool. I better step my game up a little bit here. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm getting the. Uh, we we gotta we gotta wrap this up because they have another show coming in. But Ravi, I would I'd love to get you back in for a, a longer chat if uh, at some point if you were up for it.
2: I am. I am. Did we even talk about the Emmys? I don't no, remember
0: this time around. Well, no, but we'll um, we're we're pulling for you, uh, and that that's amazing <laughs> okay. that you're that you're nominated for an Emmy. Um, I'm gonna rent a tuxedo and wear it while like,
1: watching. Just that's <laughs> from Tuxedo Junction, just to get the shit. Tuxedo doing, Junction. Yeah. Wait, tuxedo were
2: you? Were tuxedo,
0: you Park. We, <laughs> tuxedo Park. Tuxedo Park.
2: Is it. there a
0: place called Tuxedo Park? The i don't. will be now we're going into business together robbie <laughs> let's go 90 10. will you, will you figure you, out who's 90. will you come I back hope. on after you win your Emmy?
2: i you know what i'm just thrilled to be uh to be nominated but yeah no no, i'd love to come talk about that for sure it's so crazy we had a such a spiritual and deep conversation out in the when i was underneath the tree outdoors. i out know. And, you know i run I... all these drums and it just Totally was rock and roll, sex, drugs, rock and roll. This is great
0: too, it's fantastic. <laughs> but we'll we'll do it again, James. Thank you so much for coming in at the at the thank last you, minute. Thanks, my friend. Thanks for co hosting. I'm I'm hoping you'll come back. We'll get you in for a, a cool story,
1: buddy. Only when I win my uh, egot. I won't come back till I, <laughs> I bring the egot. So I, I I got a lot of work to do, boys. I love it. But
2: you know, get that pedal, okay? Get that pedal so you can have the sweet leaves oh, and a couple of the hooks. Get a little smoke on the water. You guys ready like- to laugh? Bam! Bang.
1: Yo, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath. Come on, nobody all day. <laughs> all James, right. Black Sabbath all day long.
0: James, you have anything you want to plug?
1: Yo, D. James Madden. Instagrams. Um, check out my my. I uh, have. A, I actually have a song where I do a joke, kinda, and like like I'm like King's X or King's Missile. It's called Peanut Allergy. It's New York comedy called Peanut Allergy. Go find it on Spotify and YouTube. And uh, the Check Spot album is coming out late summer. It is me doing a question and answer while people pay their bills. The worst part of the comedy show. I'll oh, wow. Album that album sounds
0: special. Go check it out. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Ravi, you have anything coming up that uh, you you want to plug?
2: Yes, if you can out there, just go check out In the Cali Sun and Shine On. And uh, wish me some luck with the... The Emmy nomination. I guess that's weird to say that, right? It sounds really
1: go get them, champ.
2: Yeah. Fucking stupid to say that. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? God bless the kids that that, that participated in the song. And I, I guess that's it. I don't know. I I think we need to do another interview so we can yeah. get to all. Everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. We'll get you on. Hopefully next time. Next time we speak to you, you'll, you'll be an Emmy winner. And and that would be wild. Yeah. All right, Ravi. Thank you so much, James. Thank you so much uh, and we'll be back uh, next week. Thank you.